0: This is a Woodside Church Podcast. Well, we are starting a new series today. It's called uh, My Hero, Walking in the Footsteps of Giants. And the idea is for this series is that the different preachers will... Uh, pick one of their heroes, one of their Old Testament heroes and they will then speak on that subject and so it'll be a different hero that the different preacher speaks on and so I'm starting the series uh, and I want to start on one of my heroes in the Old Testament, a guy called Gideon. I love Gideon, I love the Gideon story. Now of course because I'm first I was able to choose first what I was going to speak on, and so I got to Gideon first. I think there was a moment around the team uh, when people said, well, I'd like that one, I'd like that one. And Tim Green, bless his heart, one of the teams said, well, I was going to do that one, but no, you do that one. And then, oh, oh, I was going to do that Well, you can do that one. But Tim's got many a hero in the Old Testament, so we're okay. Uh, But we really want to look at Gideon. The thing I want to particularly focus on is that Gideon's story is a story of weakness, being turned to strength or for some of us a f- sense of feeling a little insignificant or what have I got to bring I don't feel up for this or up for whatever you find yourself in but in God we find that the complete is opposite and that in God we find strength and in fact Gideon's story is that he was from the least in his family from the weakest clan and from the weakest tribe. He felt like a nobody, actually. He felt like he had nothing to bring. I remember many years ago in my family, some of you may have heard me mention this before, uh, we were at a conference, Dawn and myself, uh, Dawn's somewhere here, there she is. Um, <laughs> and Dawn uh, had a badge on, on, on her front which said Dawn Tibbet, so uh, my, you know, our surname. And so Dawn bumped into someone she'd never met before, and this person said to her, "Oh, Dawn Tibbett, Oh wow, are you Brian Tibbett's daughter?" Because she obviously knew my dad. And, uh, and then Dawn said, "Well no, 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 Brian Tibbett doesn't have a daughter. In fact, I'm married to Brian Tibbett's son. Oh, you're married to Steve." OK No, 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 I'm not married to you, Steve. Uh, not married to Steve. I'm married to his other son, Martin." And this person without a lie said to Dawn, straight in her face, said, Well, I know Brian, I know Steve, I've never heard of Martin. (laughs) So Gideon felt the least in his family and for the, he was in the weakest hand. Okay, I I jest, really. But we all have our stories, don't we, that may define how we feel about ourselves. And Gideon had his story. But we're fine from this story that he was basically turned into a mighty warrior, a great leader amongst God's people. In fact, he's mentioned in Hebrews 11 in a list of heroes of the faith. And it says this of Gideon in Hebrews 11, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Now, of course, our... Commission today isn't routing foreign armies. Uh, our, Our battle, if you like, is a spiritual battle. We're looking to see God's kingdom come in our lives and God's kingdom to come in the lives of all of those in this land and beyond. So if you're feeling a little insignificant, maybe a little weak, a little, I just don't know if I have what it takes, maybe that's because your family story has has brought some challenges to you, sometimes that can happen. Maybe you've struggled at school or in education and that, in some ways, you felt that's disqualified you. Maybe your career path hasn't been as everything that you hoped it would be. Maybe there's been life choices that you reflect on. You think, well, I'm being held back now by those choices. Maybe you've made past mistakes which you've never walked free from. Whether things are being imposed on you Not things that you've done, some things that others have done. And you think for this reason or that reason or that reason that you feel disqualified for all that God has for you. I've got great news for us all through the message from Gideon. Whatever we feel is holding us back, God wants to say he can turn weakness into strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to look at Gideon's exploits particularly. I'm going to really look at how Gideon became strong. Uh, it's a little bit like I'm not going to focus on, on Superman. I want to focus on Clark Kent. You know, I want to look at how, well, how did Superman get his powers? That's what, that's what I'm looking at. Or how did Gideon get his powers? We're going to look at Judges 6 and uh, I'm going to read this story to us and just try and get into how God worked. And spoke to Gideon through this story. Judges 6 verse 1 goes like this. Again the Israelites, the people of God, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. very sobering start to this story. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them, that's God, into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. They dug in defensively. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land. At So they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for, for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord, for help, And God spoke to them in two different ways and through two different situations. Verse 7, the first way. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of your enemies. I hesitate because I can't. Oh, I found it. (laughs) I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, belonged to Joash the Abyssinite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. So here we have this remarkable encounter, this remarkable place of honesty of Gideon saying how weak he felt. We have God speaking through prophet and through an angel giving messages to Gideon of what he should do. And within these verses, we see that the people of God are under incredible oppression. And this is a very sad time, very much a dark time for the people of God in their story. But also, we see that the Midianites have a secret weapon. In fact, many commentators have highlighted this new secret weapon that first appears in a battle in this moment before any other record in the Old Testament. Do you know what this secret weapon was? I'll show you. It was the camel. They were terrified of the camel. Now, (laughs) I mean, they're pretty strange beasts, aren't they? Let's be honest. But actually the men came mounted on camels. This had never been seen before. And they were in fear of the power and the might of the Midianite army. But of course it would seem crazy to think that the God who dealt with Egypt and rescued the people couldn't deal with something like a camel but their perspective was wrong and this camel and this army was beyond uh, their attempts to defeat. And so they were, as we read, they were digging in and they were hiding from this overwhelming force. Now we may look back on the camel and think, well, this new uh, means of, of, of defeating an army, surely that would not have Uh, terrified them but we have our own camels today you realize we have new things of our day that we have to face that for some we've never seen before there's things like the secular society we now live in we live in a very post-christian nation and for many of us we've never quite seen it like this before It affects the teaching in our schools, in our education system. There's other pressures that come through the media and pressures particularly on our children through social media. There are, I guess what could be described as ungodly values that are honoured and appreciated that we're thinking "That's, that's that's not where we stand. You see, there are, if you like, camels of our day, new things that we have to contend with. And we have to make sure that we don't become overwhelmed by these things. That we don't think, well, actually, the real issue was the camel, the challenge of social media, or the challenge of being in a post Christian nation. You see, what we see in these verses actually, it wasn't the camel, it wasn't this new secret weapon. There were other things that hindered the people of God and I want to unpack what the problem was and also talk about what the solution was for Gideon and for us. The first, let's look at the problem. Let's look at the problem together. The first is this and this is shocking. The first is that God was not with them. God was not with them. The first one says this, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Wow. I thought God was supposed to be with his people. And you're probably rushing ahead now thinking, well, how does that affect my relationship with God now? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. You see I remember in fact, verses in, the, in in before this talks about sometimes God even helped the opposition uh, in light of the choices that God's people have made. I remember years ago I used to go to Mark Rutherford School, great school. Anyone been to Mark Rutherford here? Look, yes, used to look at you putting your heart, arms up boldly. Three of us, I think. Uh, I was in the football team. Used to play for the. For the fifth year football team, Uh, what's that called now? What year is that now? Thank you, year eleven. Thank you. I'm too old to to remember. So I was in the year eleven doing GCSEs, O levels, GCSEs, and uh, we used to. We then played year twelve with the sixth formers at football, and I remember being in a football match with them, and they had this this midfield maestro. Called Bruno. He was brilliant. He was huge, and he was brilliant, and he ripped us apart. Yeah, uh, but then uh, we were losing massively. And then at half time, the sports teacher took Bruno, took him off the year twelve team, and put him on the year eleven team. Oh yes, it was like a different day, and suddenly we we completely marmalized them, and it was wonderful. And I'm still living on the good of that victory, as you can tell. But there are moments. When God withholds his support from God's people, even seems to assist the enemy. And we're thinking, how on earth do we navigate these sorts of moments? Terry Virgo, uh, who was the founder of our movement of churches that now gone around the world, uh, said these words in one of his books, which I find so helpful. Terry said this, God has never said that he will be with his people in any circumstance and at all costs. God has never said that he will be with his people in any circumstance and at all costs. Now you came to church to be encouraged today, didn't you? I mean, you're thinking, I wish I'd never come, I know. But let me explain. We do get this. Because when you look at the New Testament, some of our most familiar verses that we, that we quote, and I'll quote some in a minute, you'll see that actually there are, there are consequences to our actions. Let me, let me read from... James verse four says this, submit your, is that, is that Siri? <laughs> it is the word of the Lord being, being spoken, so, so we're okay, we're okay. Let me, <laughs> let me read from James four, it says this, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Did you hear? First, you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee. You see, there's, there's, there's consequences to our actions. What about this one? Christians love quoting this one. And Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Do you understand? And so, so as Terry so eloquently says, God has never said that in all circumstances, in, in, uh, at all costs, God will be with his people. There, we, we, we cannot just ignore God and expect God to be with us in the way that we would love him to be. And you see that time and time again. Proverbs 15 says, he hears the prayers of the righteous. So Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Time and time again we see this. So first we see that Gideon, that the people of God, the real problem was is God was not with them. So let's keep going, let's dig deeper to understand what the problem was. Secondly, they had dug in defensively. They dug in defensively. Verse two says this, because the power of the Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves and strongholds. They were so overwhelmed by the might of the camel and the might of the armies that they dug in. They dug in defensively. And you know, Christians today can do the same. We can dig in defensively if we think the things, the values... The opinions around us, if they are different to ours, we can say, "Well, I believe this, and I want to almost go into what some people call bomb shelter mode. I believe in this truth, and I'm going to dig in underneath this truth. But I want, don't really want anything to do with anyone who thinks differently to me. That's like a, a digging in response. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said we're to be salt and light in the world. We may be to think differently, but we're to bring God's goodness and God's love and God's mercy." to those around, but they were digging in. They were overwhelmed with the challenges that they saw in front of them. Thirdly, in the problem, it does get better by the way, but thirdly, the problem was they were worshipping idols and false gods. They were worshipping idols and false gods. Verse 10 says, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in those lands you live, but you have not listened to me. You see it's really important that we understand that we don't dig in, that we don't go all defensive and say look actually they think differently to me so I'm going to live in this little bubble of Christianity. It's not what God calls us to do but to be salt and light, to transform people's lives, bring God's love, we are ambassadors for him. We're not to dig in but we're also not to give in to the values and the culture around us. we to recognise the idols of the day and say we want nothing to do with it. Let me explain. You see, if we were trying to list some of the big idols in our, in our society, we may say things like casual sex, body image, massive, unfaithfulness. All these are things that are worshipped, that are seen as good and okay in our culture today and we're not to give in to those things of course but when we watch our televisions and we watch the different shows that are popular today you see that these values and others are celebrated and projected and become forms of entertainment and we've got to be wise about what's going on around us. Let me give you an example. Have you heard of something called Love Island? Yes, you're right. I'm going to go after Love Island this morning. Okay? I know there's people you love Love Island, okay? Because you've told me. <laughs> but I want you to know, with all I trust you in my heart, I want you to know what's going on. Okay? There's uh, an article by Premier Christianity, which I read this week it was entitled this, whether you adore it or abhor it, Love Island is a wake up call for Christians. And the the article says this, it teaches a younger generation and also an older generation that casual sex, one of the idols of our day, is an acceptable and normal part of a relationship, that you'll only experience love if you are one of the beautiful people I mean, they all look incredible, don't they? Have you ever seen it? I've watched it. I clearly had to do it for research for this. (laughs) You understand. Purely for research. Um, (laughs) I mean, Dawn did actually say to you when I said, I'm going to talk about Love Eye, and she says, well, have you actually watched it? I'll watch it, okay? (laughs) Only a bit of it. I've seen enough of it. Beautiful people, and that unfaithfulness is an inevitable step on your journey to finding the one. Now think about this. Many Christians watch things like Love Island and other things. So I'm, I'm landing on that one because it's just big at the moment. be other things as well. And we use as a form of entertainment people who are clearly not living lives as we think God says we should live. In Ephesians 4, it says this. There are those who have given themselves over to sensuality indulging in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. That's Love Island and many other things. And guess what, Christians watch it for entertainment. It's crazy. Let me be honest, Love Island may not be my thing, but, but my challenge is other things. So hear me, this is not the preacher saying you must, I'm saying we mustn't. You know, God's, God cares for us too much. We don't want to, you see, we don't want to dig in. We don't want to be oblivious to the world. And say, I want nothing to do with that terrible world. And that's not, Jesus wasn't like that. We don't want to dig in, but we don't want to give in. We don't want to say, ah, we just drink it up. We just be wise in what God is doing. We're to be salt and light. Praise God. Let's move on to good news. I need some good news if you don't. Okay, so the solution, the solution to this is absolutely wonderful. The first is this. God gave Gideon a new identity. God gave Gideon a new identity. He said mighty warrior. I sometimes say warrior. So, so he wasn't a mighty worri- warrior. He's a mighty warrior. Did I get it right? I've no idea. You know what I mean don't you? Okay so he didn't worry a lot. He was a warrior. Okay okay we got it. So let me give you some examples. So Verse 15 um, uh, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is only the weakest. Manasseh, I am the least in my family. But when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And of course, the same must be and can be said to Christians. Gideon's identity was redefined. He says, you're not weak. You're not, you're not insignificant. You're this, you're this mighty warrior because I'm with you. The same is true for the Christian. We're not not helpless, we're not overwhelmed by the camels of our day. We are people who are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We are people who are in Christ. We're people that know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. Our identity has been changed. We may feel weak, but actually in God, we are strong. 2 Corinthians says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ He is a new creature. The old things have passed away. The new things have come. We must understand what it means to be those who are in Christ. Terry Virgo put it this way. A Christian is not simply following an example. He's not just endeavouring to develop a lifestyle. That by trying to follow the Sermon on the Mount. A Christian is a man or woman who is in Christ. Have you ever seen The Lion King? Who had, who's seen The Lion King? It's got to be one of my all-time favourite movies. There's a wonderful thread in that story, which is very, very messianic, very gospely, very salvation. So Simba goes off into the wilderness. Interestingly, comes back, but Simba had to rediscover. Who he was. In fact, I think I've got there's a there's a there's a moment when his father is called Mufasa. I I love the word Mufasa. It's just good. So Mufasa appears to him. And the message he gives to Simba is remember who you are. See, for Christians, we've got to remember that we are those who are in Christ. So we don't dig in and we don't give him and we remember that actually we are we are his we have a father in heaven who loves us a father who's with us by his spirit in fact whenever I'm I found personally one of my greatest weapons when I see something on the TV I'm thinking I really shouldn't see that or I think something I think I really shouldn't think that or I do something I think I really shouldn't do that the thing that I find most helpful is to remember who I am a child of the king. Why do I want anything to do with that? Why do I want to think like that? Do you understand? So I think there's a, there's a Lion king moment that we need. Remember who you are. And secondly, was that just the first one? Secondly, in all his weakness, the last few are quicker. In all his weakness, he was hungry for God. What I love about Gideon is, you, you, his vulnerability and his weakness was, was laid bare. Everyone could see it. But there was, there was something in him. He was still hungry for God. In verse 13 it says, this, Sir Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our father told us about? When they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? You see, it's like saying, Lord, Lord, I've seen answers to prayer over here. I've seen you do this. I've heard these stories of remarkable things. God, I long for you to do that today. I love that Gideon heart. I love that Gideon heart. He had a new identity. You're a mighty warrior. But within his weakness, he longed to see God break through. And then from that place, we see Gideon begin to walk in steps Of faith. Gideon came to faith. We see the beginnings of him walking in that faith. We don't have time to look at it now, but in in verses 25, it talks about how he was instructed to destroy the altar of Baal, which he did. He did it in secret, he did it in darkness. You know, there was timidity there, but he began to move forward with steps of faith, which we can do as well. Which we can do as well. And finally, We see in 6 verse 34 that Gideon was clothed with power. And in the Old Testament as many of us would know there were individuals, special people if you like, for special times, special reasons who were clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we live in an age where the Spirit has been poured out on everyone. So Gideon's experience of being clothed with power is our experience. We live in that age. Judges 6 verse 34 puts it like this. Now all the Midianites, the Amalekites and the other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. This is like the armies are just gathering. And then we read, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet summoning the Abedites to follow him. And the battle continues. It's a wonderful moment. We want to be people, don't we? Who are honest with our weaknesses. And okay about that. Honest when we think, actually, sometimes I feel a little bit insignificant. I feel like a little bit, I don't have enough to bring. That's okay. But we don't want to react and dig in defensively. We don't want to give in to the idols of our day we want to remember who we are that we are those who are those in Christ that we are clothed with his power long for breakthrough and take steps of faith to see God move powerfully in our lives amen amen, amen. you've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast for more information visit woodsidechurch.com